Before you jump to conclusions, thinking, Pastor, it's Mother's Day. What are you bringing a vacuum cleaner out for? I'm going to preach to all the kids today. Does that sound like a good thing to preach and have a vacuum cleaner on Mother's Day? Uh, so I'm not going to preach to mothers this morning and use a vacuum cleaner for illustrations. I'm going to preach to kids today and use a vacuum cleaner as an illustration. In fact, so much so that the class we normally have upstairs with some of the kids, we canceled it so they can all be here and not miss this really important sermon for kids. And it starts with a vacuum cleaner? Well, no, it starts with the Bible. So everybody, kids included, take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to talk about a verse that many of you have probably already memorized. But you know what? Just because you've memorized this verse doesn't mean you know what it means. Do you know that? And just because you've memorized these verses doesn't mean that you obey them. This is fascinating. In fact, the letter here to Ephesians, I can just imagine going back in history to very early when Paul wrote this letter and it showed up at Ephesus. And all the families are there and they're reading through. And as this letter goes on, it gets to this point where it starts talking to husbands and to wives. And then it starts talking to children. And what do you think it says to children? Well, let's read it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you kids have already memorized those verses, or some of those verses? How many of you? Oh, good. So, I'm not preaching to you anything you don't already know, am I? Now, here's the big question. You know the verses, but do you obey them? Let's just look at the very first phrase. Let's say it together. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Okay, let's do it again. All together. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Good, you're getting it. Now, by the end of this morning, I hope everybody knows this verse. Let's say it again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Very good. Obey. Hmm. Obey your parents. Well, what's that mean? 
Think about it for a moment. Do you know what it means to obey? Now, we're going to use this vacuum cleaner over here as an object lesson. We're going to use it to learn about obedience. And just so no kids don't get confused, I am going to have to plug it in because we wouldn't want kids to think that you actually can vacuum without plugging a vacuum cleaner in. Right? Do we have to plug a vacuum cleaner in, kids? Yep, so we're going to plug this one in. Get it all tangled up. Oh, ah, like a kid, have to try six times. Here's my vacuum cleaner. Now, suppose that I'm a little boy. Can you imagine me as a little boy? Nope. Imagine me as a little boy. I was an ornery one. Imagine me as a little boy. And mommy tells me, Stephen, go vacuum the stage. Now, we don't have a stage at home, and we didn't have a stage at home, but just so you, don't keep, so you all can keep it straight, go vacuum the stage. Now, if I'm little Stephen, and I hear this instruction, and I just sit here, am I obeying? Yes or no? No. Okay, so I sit here for a minute. Okay, I, I'm, I'm two minutes, three minutes. Oh, five minutes pass. And I get up, and I go, and I start vacuuming. Did I obey? That's a trick question, isn't it? Did I obey? No, I didn't obey. Why not? Because I delayed. You know the song we sing? We sing a song. To delay is to disobey. When mommy or daddy says, go do something, or stop doing something, and if we wait to obey... Are we really obeying? You guys don't seem so sure. No wonder. Parents, help these kids out. No, we wonder maybe why our kids don't obey. Let's try this out. If we delay to obey, are we really obeying? No. No. Now, it is good that you finally obey, Right? But all that time between was disobedience. Disobedience, which was not, is not right. For here it says, children, say it with me, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So to delay is to disobey. To wait is to disobey. Now, I wonder, how many of you children, let's just speak of um, the younger children, have important things. Well, actually, I ought to check. Um, that younger children definition can be really relative. 
So if you wonder where you fall in this category, you go home and ask mom and dad because they know. All right? Younger children don't always have important things to do. You know, let's, let's, let's replay this. This is my Bible. And I'm sitting here reading my Bible. And I hear my mommy say, Stephen, go vacuum the stage. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and servants be obedient unto them. Stephen, I told you to vacuum the stage. Oh, but mom, I'm doing my Bible reading. That's good, right? Or I'm doing something important. Now, important is a majorly relative term, depending on how big you are. Um, even for big people, it's a relative term. I'm doing something important. So am I really disobeying because I'm doing something important? Yes or no? Am I disobeying? You're right, I am. You see, we do have important things to do. And I hope parents and little people listen up even when you're this big there's important things you can be doing and should be doing but be careful when you use important things to disobey don't do that don't use important things to disobey because actually you're making it worse especially doing something as dreadful as what i just illustrated I mean, look, I'm reading the Bible. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And I know this commandment's coming, but I'm going to do something I think spiritual and more important. Do you think, now think about it, all you kids, that you would have time to read your Bible after you finished the floor? Well, you need to go report to mom first and tell her that you're done vacuuming the floor and be prepared for her to inspect it and be prepared for her to tell you to do it again or do it more completely. But oftentimes, the important things we have in life can be done at different times or should have been done at different times or aren't really that important. Obey. Immediately obey. Does that sound like a plan? So we have obedience. And what's the first one? Immediate obedience. Can you say that with me? Immediate obedience. I only heard a few people. Immediate. Good, good. You're catching on. Let's go back. Ephesians 6.1. What does it say? Years ago when I was a kid, I heard a preacher put this to a song, and it went like this. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. 
Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Sound like a good song, catchy song? So, you could go on, vacuuming the floor, singing that song. Does that sound like a great song to sing? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Uh-oh, this vacuum cleaner is actually making a bigger mess than it is cleaning up. So since we're on that, I'm going to give you a, a family talk. This vacuum cleaner is not a shop vac, so when you're in the church and you make a mess, only use this for mild things, not as a shop vac. Did we get a shop vac yet? No, it's on the list. We're going to buy a shop vac, so if you make a shop mess, you use a shop mess. So now we can all practice obedience and never use this as a shop vac because what I'm leaving behind here are little pieces of two-by-four, it looks like. <laughs> so, children... Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And the first one is immediate obedience. Now I got another one for you. I don't know why if I'm always sitting at the beginning of these, but anyway, maybe I'm playing with my toys. And mom says, Stephen, go vacuum the stage. I get up, I know the first one, immediate obedience. And so I come and I get the vacuum cleaner and I'm going to do the vacuuming. Da 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 And I'm vacuuming. See, aren't I doing a good job? How many of you think I'm doing a good job? All done, Mom! Did I obey? Yes or no? No, I didn't obey. Why didn't I obey? I vacuumed. She told me to vacuum the stage. I vacuumed the stage, didn't I? Did I obey? No. Why not? Because I didn't really vacuum the stage. I just kind of vacuumed the stage. So the second one, the first one was what? Immediate obedience. You know what the second one is? Complete obedience. Can you say that? Complete obedience. So what really should have happened, and I don't have time in the sermon illustration to do this, but I left behind some more paint or something. I vacuum every single square inch and I'm very careful not to touch the harp or the piano or anything else and I do a good job and I don't go slow but I'm getting everything and in fact I'm going to be so complete that I'm going to take the time to not touch it but even get in these spots here And I do that through the whole thing. Now, is that complete obedience? Now, I didn't just do it. But if I spent the five minutes, ten minutes, however long it took me to vacuum this whole stage, that would be complete obedience, wouldn't it? You know what? I might even, in fact, this vacuum cleaner is really cool. I don't think I would. 
I wouldn't have to move the chair with this vacuum cleaner, but I would have to move this and do under there, wouldn't I? And if I did, then it would be what? What's the second one? Complete obedience. Now, if this were a real proper sermon to adults, we'd have all kinds of subpoints. We would have subpoints. You know what subpoints are? We have one is immediate obedience, two is complete obedience. But then underneath two, we have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know how many other things we could put under complete? Diligent, focused, paying attention. See, I have to be careful. This sits in our house. Kids, we don't touch it, right? Even when we're vacuuming, we don't touch it. When I tell the kids to go dust the living room, guess what? They've had to learn that they dust certain things, and there's certain things like this they don't dust. The piano's my job. I do the piano every Thursday. They, they, there's, there's a focus, and there's a paying attention to detail. There's, there's all kinds of other details and things we could have here under complete. Now, parents... You know what's hard is a few things. When, in this point, is the completeness standard demanded? Think about it. My little Micaiah used to start vacuuming the floor when he could hardly even turn the thing around but he was excited and eager to help. You know what? The standard for him at that time was an incompleteness. You know what kind of obedience it was then? Well, our next point, joyful obedience. Even when it's hard. And in his case, it was even impossible. But you know what? He was so happy to vacuum and mom and dad would have to come right along after him and vacuum after him. But he was learning. And as parents, we, I'm preaching to the parents now, see, we have to learn that with our children, and every one of them is different. And we, we teach them what complete obedience looks like, always for that goal, without crushing their joy. So we have complete obedience. So what's the first one? Immediate obedience. What's the second one? Very good. Let's look again at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Say it with me. Children, obey your parents. Awesome. Which comes to the next one? And I just alluded to this one a little bit. Number three, joyful obedience. Okay, so I am doing something. I'm really excited. Imagine me, little Steven. I'm playing with Legos. Oh, and I've got them all spread out. And, um, and um, I'm not done making my airplane. And I hear my mom say, Steven, Put the Legos away and vacuum the room. 
<laughs> okay. I put my Legos away. I'm being mean to the vacuum. That often happens. I'm still making messes up here. Why do I always have to do the work? I always want to play with my Legos. Am I obeying? No. You know what I'm really doing? I'm murmuring. I'm murmuring. I may be going through the motions, but I'm murmuring. I need to have joyful obedience. Right? What might that look like? Well, moms and dads, do we demonstrate joyful obedience? Do we model joyful obedience before our children? You know those chores? Oh, let me tell you about one. The slow drain in the bathroom. Got to take it apart, clean it out. Are we as moms or dads doing that chore? Grumbling. Grumbling. Why do girls got long hair? Why do they leave their hair all over everything? It's a chore we've got. And I know you're all laughing, but it isn't really funny. It's not. And moms and dads, we can't be murmuring children either. We need to be joyful. Now take that same picture of cleaning out that drain. But instead of murmuring, praising. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. Praising. Being joyful while you fix that thing. And you know what? I think that's good because then when the kids need to go vacuum and the instruction comes, go vacuum, maybe they will too be singing. Cheerful obedience. Now, I'm not saying you have to sing all the time. Sometimes mom and dad might say, do the job and just be quiet. In that case, you be quiet. That's part of obeying immediately. But joyful. Joyful obedience. Not murmuring obedience. Joyful. Even if there's something else you want to do, you do it cheerfully. Happily. You don't have to sing. Singing is not a bad thing if the time and place is appropriate. But are you joyful? So what's the first one? 
awesome. You guys are amazing. Now, if you can remember them tomorrow morning as well as you remember them this morning, moms are going to be happy, right? I got another one, and I'm trying to think of the right word for kids. So parents, help me out because I've been racking my brain, and I can't think of it. Initiative. Anticipated obedience. Anybody have a better word for kids? Well, think about it with me and maybe we'll figure it out. But right now, number four is anticipated obedience. Can you say that with me? Anticipated obedience. What's that? All you kids, what's anticipated obedience? Well, it's when I get up in the morning and I come downstairs and I know that breakfast needs to be made. And I can look over at the menu on the refrigerator and see that this is Tuesday. And so today we're having scrambled eggs and I don't like scrambled eggs. I do, but I don't like scrambled eggs, so I'm not going to make breakfast this morning. Or I see that today's Tuesday morning and there's scrambled eggs on the menu for today. And you know what I do? I start singing. This is the day. This is the day. As I open up the refrigerator and I pull out the eggs and I bring them over to the counter. Nobody's watching me. Nobody even knows I'm doing this. But we know we eat breakfast every morning at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrambling them. I like fried eggs. Mm-hmm. And I take it and I put it in the skillet and I, I scramble the eggs. And then you know what? I know that my dad prefers fried eggs. And even though the menu says scrambled eggs today, I go back to the refrigerator and I open it up and I get the eggs out again. And I come over and I put two fried eggs in the skillet, and I fry two eggs, just for Dad. You know what? When we have scrambled eggs, I actually do like scrambled eggs, but I like fried eggs more. And I have little people in my house who know I like fried eggs more, and even without me asking, they make me fried eggs. It's like a restaurant, custom ordered. And it's interesting because this is not only anticipated obedience in the fact that I got up this morning and I knew that Tuesday morning is scrambled eggs. And I knew that I needed to make the scrambled eggs. I anticipated and I obeyed, but I did even more than anticipating obedience. I also gave more. I knew that what was required of me, even though no one told me to do the scrambled eggs, I did them. And then, even though no one told me to, and it wasn't even expected, and it is not required, I'm going to make Dad his favorite eggs, fried eggs. And sometimes when we've got it, I'll make a piece of toast to go with it. That's anticipated obedience. And a little bit of something else. 
the extra mile obedience. That's the fifth one. The extra mile obedience. So we have the first one, which is what? Yeah, the extra mile obedience. You guys are a little rusty on those. We've got to go through them again. I mean, you guys got paper and pen. You need to write these down. Immediate obedience, complete obedience, joyful obedience, anticipated obedience, and the extra mile. This is what it means to obey. So, this Mother's Day... Will all of you kids, moms, you can forget the vacuum cleaner, but will you kids today remember the vacuum cleaner? Flowers and candy and cards are all very, very nice things. Right, moms? They're very, very nice things. But you know how much they're worth when you give cards and flowers and candy, but tomorrow you don't obey? Obey. Obey. God says it, not just preacher. God says it, not just mom and dad. God said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The scriptures also tell us that even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be right. Do you know that? Even a child is known by his doings, which is an important lesson for moms and dads. Can I preach to moms and dads for just a moment on Mother's Day? On the topic of obedience, expect obedience. You may say, oh, but it's not natural. I know it's not natural. That's why we need to expect it. If we don't expect it, our children will never do it, or not consistently. Expect obedience. Expect immediate obedience. Expect, according to ability, complete obedience. Expect joyful obedience. And even expect anticipated obedience. Expect it. When it comes to the subject of like immediate obedience, you've heard, and for years, you've heard parents and teachers and others do the countdown. It's not a good practice. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but it's not helpful in teaching immediate obedience. Do you know what I mean by the countdown? Immediate, it's not immediate obedience. The exact opposite is, hey, go vacuum the family room. Go vacuum the family room. One, two. What happens at three? That's a whole other topic. One, two. No, 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 no. It's not one. Two, three. The instruction given, obey. Immediate obedience. It's, it ought to be expected. And I'm, again, I don't want to step on toes, but the one, two, three teaches delayed obedience. It teaches, well, I have at least three seconds. And sometimes mom does three like ten times. Which is another piece that part of expectation is um, Consistency. Perhaps if someone were to ask me of the number one piece of advice for parenting, it's, it's consistency. 
And the reason is, it's tied in actually here with Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, chapter 6, verse 4, finishes with the children, and then it goes on to the fathers. For it says, you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. One of the number one ways you can provoke your kids is to be inconsistent. To be, have one rule one day and a totally different rule the next day and the next day and the next day. To one time say one, two, three, and then the next time to expect immediate obedience. One time to count to five and the next time to expect immediate obedience. No, no, no. Consistency. Consistency. Another important piece as moms and dads is to model obedience. Be a good example. Work together with your wife so that when you share not, I mean, it's different in a husband-wife relationship. We all know that. But when it's a simple thing of dinner's ready, come to the table, obey. And, and if you need to give five-minute warnings or ten-minute warnings, plan ahead so that your children see in you and the little and big things that we obey, that we submit ourselves one to Another. In fact, actually, this entire passage began with that word, that, that command. Verse 21 of chapter 5 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another. We need to model obedience to our children, and we also then need to teach them. We need to teach them about immediate obedience. We need to teach them about complete obedience. And, and you know what? That one is a very difficult one. But it's important to teach them. Teach them to report back when they've completed a task so that you can inspect the task and give direction on what completeness looks like for different tasks. So take that time to teach. Teach them. And it's all in the nurture, chapter 6, verse 4, an admonition of the Lord. Not for your selfish pleasures, not for your selfish ways or your whims, but for what is best for the child and for the glory of God. And in this context, parents, don't instruct your children or tell your children to do sinful things. And children, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's the pastor or your parents, or your grandparents, or anyone who tells you or teaches you to do something wicked. When it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, that means that if someone is telling you, your parents are telling you to do something wicked, like stealing, or lying, or other things like that, you can't obey them in that, because you have to obey God first. And parents, don't ask your children to do sinful or wicked things ever. Sometimes parents, and I pray to God, none in this room, have their children or teach your children or do with their children wicked things. Children, you need to tell someone if someone is doing wicked things with you. You need to tell someone. Obedience is important, but there's the limit. We don't obey wicked commands, but obedience otherwise. 
is very important. And I think for most of your children, or even all of your children, that the commands, the instructions that your parents give you are in the Lord. If you don't know for sure, there are lots of other adults here you can ask. And adults, be careful how you answer. Obey your parents in the Lord. And you know what that also means? And this is for all of us. Sometimes it's hard. We parents don't think it's a big deal to just stop building Legos, do we? Sometimes that's hard. Other things are hard. There's hard times to obey. And when you feel like you can't obey because it's too hard, remember this phrase, in the Lord. If we actually keep reading this passage, we're going to find out that we need to put on the whole armor of God. And in fact, actually look with me at verse 10. That time when you hear mom or dad tell you to do something you really don't want to do, or you want to do it, but it's really hard. Remember the phrase, in the Lord. And then remember verse 10. Finally, my brethren, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know what? Kids, my kids, look at me. All kids, look at me. I'm big and strong, right? Do you know how many things are very hard for me? Every day, there are things that I know God wants me to do that are very, very hard. And you might think, wait a minute, you're the pastor, you're dad, you're strong. No, I am weak all by myself. Do you know who's strong? The Lord is strong. And parents, teach your children that every day, whether they are disobeying or obeying, they need Jesus just like we need Jesus. We need to stand strong in the strength and in the power of his might. He will help you. Perhaps this morning, though, you're not in the Lord. Maybe this morning you're one of the children who hasn't believed in Jesus, and Jesus and his Holy Spirit don't live inside you. Today, believe on Jesus and you'll receive the Holy Ghost. Today, you believe in Jesus, trust in him, and he'll move in. And then you'll be in him. And he will help you. And he will be your strength and your power. In fact, verse 10 is written, Finally, my brethren, it's written to Christians. We all need to be Christians. Moms and dads, let's use obedience to teach our children the most important obedience. There's a phrase used in, evangel of the, in the Bible of 
Evangelization. That means sharing the good news. Do you know what it is? This command. Obey the gospel. Obey the gospel. What's that mean? Well, the gospel is the good news that Jesus died for our sins, was buried and rose again, and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Obey the gospel. Believe in Jesus. Trust him. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And if you haven't already, obey the gospel and keep on obeying the gospel day by day as you obey mom and dad. Moms, is it any surprise when I make this statement? Parenting is hard. How many were surprised by that? Oh my, none of you moms are surprised by that this Mother's Day? Yeah, parenting's hard. And we need to pray. It's interesting. As we read down through this chapter, we are instructed on the armor of God and the strength of God. And verse 18 gives us this admonition. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication requests for all saints, Christians, believers. You know what, moms and dads, we need to be praying for each other and we need to be praying for each other in the body as saints. This is hard. So often we forget to pray. So often we try to do things in our own strength and in our own way. I'd like to share with you a testimony from Mrs. Nelson, Josefa Nelson, that she sent in the last two days, two different days. So many of you heard of her testimony of the trouble she had earlier this week and just going into town, getting caught in the middle of a crossfire of, 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 of a major problem, four people getting killed and not a single bullet touched their vehicle. Praise the Lord for his provision in that day. She went on and, and, and she shared something else. So as they, that happened on their way into town to just do routine paperwork, and then as they were on their way back home, they weren't sure they were going to be able to make it. They were thinking they might need to stay um, in the town. And, or in their car, but they started on the way. And they got to the place where the shooting had happened earlier in the morning, where the war conflict, whatever it was, had happened. And the roads were all jammed up as the National Guard was investigating and taking care of the situation. And she wrote me that night after everything was well and they were settled. All through the day she'd been texting me, and then that night she texted me this, 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 this testimony. And just, I'd like to share it with you as a reminder to all of us to not forget to pray. She writes, Pastor, I'd like to share that while we were waiting for the National Guard and authorities to conduct their investigation, we were in a very large line of cars. The heat was very high, 91 degrees, very dry heat, because this state is one of 17 states suffering a drought. I was thinking of the nation of Israel when they would do their journey to Canaan, and the cloud would cover them on the daytime to protect them from the scorching sun, God being their protector and shield from the sun. I was hoping we would get a cloud above us to help with the heat because the car did not have AC. Soon after I was thinking that, some clouds moved and stayed above us. Well, 
right after that, we were told to continue our travel. I marveled at God's goodness because of this, and more so because raindrops started to fall. The smell of the wet dirt was amazing. I told my uncle's wife and the driver that we need to pray for rain because God desires to bless us, but we must ask. I know this is the answer to the prayers of many faithful people. And God knew just how to encourage and bless us at that precise time. Please pray for rain. Thank you. It rained for about a half hour. And it was the first rain in months. The next day she wrote, Good evening, Pastor. Today I got to visit my father's house in the small farm area where I grew up. Things looked so brown and yellow because of the drought, and once in a while you see a pine tree. As we arrived, we were looking at clouds at a far distance forming. I was hoping for rain and praying for rain and shared that with my brother, his family, my father, his wife, and my mother. They kind of laughed a little, and the comment was, we see clouds sometimes, but they go away and no rain. I asked them if they had prayed for rain, and they said no. I told them many people in my church and other people who cared for the situation in Mexico were praying. In less than half an hour, we got rain, and it kept raining for a while. We left and got to drive through rain for about 30 minutes. We arrived home and found out that while we were gone, a rainstorm covered the area and the streets were running with water. Our God is good all the time. I reminded everyone of the importance of not doubting God's power and his desire to bless us. The rain continues, as I text you, for as long as two hours and still raining. Praise the Lord. This day, I imagine some of us were grumbling in the rain. I know I was. I had to carry this in this morning in the rain. I was soaked. I'd hang up my coat to dry. Place in Mexico, 17 states are under drought right now. Just in a little way there in that day, God was answering prayer, pouring out literal showers. We need God's showers of grace, of blessing, of wisdom, of strength to obey. Let's all obey our God. Obey the gospel. Obey our God. And kids, you want to learn how to obey God? You start by learning to obey your mom and dad. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest dwell upon the earth, long upon the earth which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Let's obey. Let's honor. And let God be glorified. And when we lack wisdom, when we lack strength, let's pray. And thank God for it, because he longs to give it to us. 
Let's seek his face in his word and in every day. We need him. Moms, be encouraged. Look up. Hope in God. I know it's hard, but let's us kids help out mom. Let's help out mom by obeying immediately, by obeying completely, by obeying joyfully, by obeying with anticipation, initiative, and by going the extra mile, doing more. Great God, we give thanks to you this day for your wonderful grace, for your wonderful love. We thank you today that you are a God who answers prayer. Lord, when we are weak and when we are tired and when we don't know what to do and we lack wisdom, may we seek you. May we come before you, recognizing that in and of ourselves we are weak. Oh, great God, I lift up to you the children here today. May they learn to obey their moms and dads. And may they learn to obey your gospel and obey you for the rest of their lives. Glorify yourself and your people. Lord, I pray for the children, many of them here today, who have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who have not been saved, that today they would believe that today they would receive your Holy Ghost and that today they would receive that strength and power that only you can give to live for you. Great God, we commit ourselves to you and we praise your holy name, the name of Jesus. Amen.